Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 11 to 1 on LMFM. The month of September marks Recovery Month and this aims to promote awareness and understanding around substance misuse, including alcohol and drugs. It also celebrates people from all walks of life who've carried out a successful recovery. As substance abuse is a very real and prevalent issue in our society, there are some incredible organisations around this country working hard with people who are battling addiction and those on the road to recovery. And one such organisation is the Red Door Project in Drogheda, which has been on the go since 2009 and their mission is to provide confidential assistance and services to individuals and families and the wider community. Joining me now to tell us more about the work they do and their plans to create awareness of Recovery Month is Joanne O'Dwyer. She's CE Supervisor at the Red Door Project. How are you doing, Joanne? Hi, Sinead. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Now, this organisation has been on the go since 2001. So much great work has been done since then. Tell us a little bit more about the Red Door Project and how it came about initially in Drogheda. Well, Sinead, it came about, I suppose, where there was a, a, a need for an NGO or an organisation that would support the HSE in dealing with addiction issues in, in, in the town, in the county loud. And I suppose we're, we're so close to Dublin um, and such a big town that um, there was definitely in the last 15 years or so more and more people um, struggling with issues around addiction and being impacted by it. So it came about then. We started off in a small two up, two down building in Leyland Place. Um, and then in 2005, we moved to where we are now in the Dublin Road. And since then, when we moved to where we, where the service in the Dublin Road has allowed us to add a community employment scheme to it, which is a day programme. So our services is, um, we have a low threshold drop-in, which allows people to come in. Um, if you, people who are using alcohol and drugs can come into the service. And it's a very um, non-judgmental, um, compassionate approach. And we support people in getting advocacy work and counselling, key work and um, referral pathways into, you know, maybe residential. And support people generally to look at their, their drug and alcohol issues and also family members. We also support the community. We go out and give them... Those uh, talks and yeah. you know support organisations like the guards and Tusla and probation around awareness and um, the impact of alcohol and drugs on on the community. And then the other side is our day program where we have people that are a lot more stable than they would be in that come into the drop in, and um, they would be here for anything from three to five years. Um, um, we offer everything from group therapy to CBT to. Um, we have a gym, we have a woodwork room, we have bees and honey and we have horticulture. And so we're trying to show people um, a very balanced lifestyle somewhere where if they're involved in alcohol and drugs, their day is consumed with yeah. 
getting money for drugs, getting, you know, sourcing them and, and then, you know, their time using. So we're trying to show them, um, uh, you know, an alternative to that and hopefully they'll put a value on what they see here and move away from it and from a life of drugs and drink. Well, so that's an awful lot of service that you've outlined there and very vital services as well. And one of the things that I've picked up on and I mentioned in, in the introduction as well is, you know, understanding and no judgment. And I think sometimes when we think of people who are addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol, immediately negative connotations come into our mind. And this is kind of what you're working to do as well. And this is what Recovery Month is all about. At the end of the day, these people are human beings that deserve our support and our compassion. Exactly, exactly, Sinead. And if you look at anybody, you know, anybody comes through our door and I suppose anybody in the street, we make a judgment and go, look at that person, you know what I mean? They're using drugs or they're, they're drinking and we have a judgment on them. But everybody has a story and, and you don't just wake up someday and decide, oh, I'm going to become an alcoholic or a heroin addict or a coke addict. There's, there's reasons people end up in addiction, you know, and for, for me, uh, addiction is, you know, a coping, you know what I mean, is a coping mechanism yeah. for, for pain and hurt. And the majority of people we deal with ha- have been through trauma of some sort in their childhood and they've just found a way to self-medicate. Like if, if you had a broken arm or a broken leg, you'd be given, you know what I mean, or you had cancer, or you, yeah. you know what I mean, you'd be given medication to support you and you'd be given the help that you deserve. So, you know, from from our perspective here, that's where we look at people and come in here and everybody that comes in here, when you pair it back and you see why they've ended up in, in, in addiction, you know what I mean? There's always, there's always something that has led them to that. They've found a way to cope. So they've found something that will take away the pain and hurt and they're self-medicating with either drugs or drink. So have you noticed then an increase in your services since lockdown? Because my God, you know, uh, the country was plunged into just this pandemic. The a chaos, I'd imagine, for services like yourselves that maybe had to adapt how you, you, you treated people and all of that. So what was that like? And did you see more people relapsing and a more pressure on your services? We did, yeah. Well, we had to adapt when we, we, we were seeing people. We couldn't have our day programme open because obviously there was social distancing. Yeah. So we we um, we did have to adapt. We'd done a lot of stuff on Zoom and we did see people, very chaotic people, face-to-face in a very safe manner. And we did see a huge increase, you know what I mean? Uh, every day our phones ring and people were in, you know what I mean, more and more chaotic state because people were had more time, you yeah. know, more time at home and more, you, you imagine if you're in a, in a, living at home and it's, it's a stressful situation here with an abusive partner or thing, you're not happy. It's more and more magnified, you know. So, and also, the, the people were, the eye was on a lot more people. So, other maybe family members that weren't as aware that somebody had an addiction issue, it became very aware through lockdown. You were sitting at home with this person looking at them. So, and obviously, the stress and strain of lockdown and the, you know, mental health issues, um, you know, exasperated anything that was already there. So, we have seen, yeah, we have seen an increase in people coming to our services. That, um, over since lockdown, and yeah, um, it, it, yeah we're 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 working our way through through that. But um, hopefully, I suppose uh, you know sometimes it isn't as evident straight away. So in the next year or two, we do imagine that things you know we're going to see a fallout from 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 COVID, and definitely I think on, on young young people. It, you know what I mean? We, oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and yes, I, I've, I've no doubt about it. Uh, so, say for somebody, say for example, I was somebody that needed help, and I, you know, pluck up the courage because let's be honest, walking through the door to somebody like yourselves, that is the absolute first step in a road, a long road to recovery, and it takes yeah. a lot of guts and bravery to do that. Um, talk me through what might happen first. 
Um, well, like you say, Sinead, it is. It takes huge courage. And anybody that comes through our door, you know, we always affirm them and say, you know what I mean? It's, it's a huge step and it can be very scary. So we're very we're very mindful of that here, you know, and anybody that does, rock, not, you know, come up to the door or rings. What happens is, um, they, we will assess the person first. So what we do is we assess, you know, their their needs. So we look at their, you know what I mean, housing situation. We, we're very, you know, we we are very holistic approach to people. So when they come, it's not just their drug and alcohol use. We look at everything from, you know, child, you know, access to children to maybe to housing, to their health care, to legal issues. So they be assessed and we look at everything that's going on for them and we'll take it, everybody's case by case. You know, some people maybe feel they need residential or we will, you know, they will come on here. Sometimes, unfortunately, now at the moment, now we have a waiting list for, for, for um, key work in here. But if people come on, they can have two paths into the service, which would be that they would come on here at key working and they would get one to one support with somebody or they'd have come on to the day programme where they will, um, they will uh, get get a huge amount of, you know what I mean, of group. Yeah. And it would be very much a structured, um, you know, uh, whole week to them yes but, uh, like we can also like you know some people come and then they present and you assess them and you, you know we might see them two or three times they disappear again they go back off into you know back into the, the life of addiction and chaos and unfortunately the fact that we you know you kind of have to catch somebody when they're ready and, and the fact that we have such a waiting list unfortunately that doesn't happen at times where you know what I mean people arrive they're really really you know they're uh they're really motivated and really mm. want it but then two or three weeks later everything can change and they can go well, back well to this is it and before. we don't know what's going on once they you know go back into you know wherever they've been and what yes. other outside influences are, are, are to play so say for example I have a family member I know they're abusing drugs or alcohol I really want to get them help but they are resisting can I do anything or is it a case that the person themselves needs to be willing to get the help first well, you know, that's a, you know, you can only do so much with somebody mm. and we would regularly have people here and they come in and, and they're, you know, they're, they're loaded one that is an addiction. And I always say, and I hate saying this to people, but, you know, you, can, you can't force anybody until the person is ready to get help. And if they're in denial, unfortunately, you just have to let them ride that storm out. And when the day comes that they do want help, that you're there for them. Yeah. But the person themselves, the family member, can get help. And we have a fantastic organisation called the Family Support Network um, in, in, this, in the North East. And they do fantastic work with people around their role of maybe enabling and not setting boundaries around a loved one. You know, so okay. there is help for people who are, you know, who are living with somebody or have a loved one in addiction. But as I say, until the person themselves in addiction wants help, and that can be a very frustrating place for somebody. Mm. You know, they're, they're, this person in my life is causing chaos and they're, you know, and they're, you know, they're, you know, being very reckless and they're, you know, and, and for somebody that's going through that much pain they can't understand or why can't they see it but in someone's in addiction and they're just their life is so chaotic they're not seeing the wood from the trees you know they're not thinking straight so No all they're, they're focused on is the next hit the next drink the next whatever yeah. it is absolutely um, yeah. and as you said there you know at the end of the day you know we can only do so much and as long as they, the person knows that we are there to, to support them once they do make that step so September marks recovery month and um, you you know as an organisation you're seeing people at their lowest but it must be so rewarding when you see that person transform and get their life back on track Yes it is it's absolutely does it say here you have, you have some you know there's tough days in this line of work but there's some absolutely amazing days and we see people you know only there two months we had a young girl that had worked for our, our day programme here and she was leaving and um, she was uh, going to Giffy to you know to go to college Amazing. and she was clean and 
So we do have we've we've a lot of success stories for all the the bad press that people in you know what I mean in a yeah. get we have a lot of a lot of success stories and recovery can happen and that's what we're trying to promote recovery month that you know recovery is there it, the supports are here people want it and um, it's just about you know stepping over the door making that phone call we're here and it happens and and the reward of finding recovery if you've been in addiction and you've had years and years of chaos and then you find recovery. You know, it's it's a whole new it's it's a it's a very liberating and exciting experience and, and you know, and we're trying to show that to people here day in, day out, that it does happen and that, you know, and the benefits of a life in recovery far superior to the chaos and madness that they're living. Absolutely. So that's, what, that's what recovery month is about. Yeah, it's and I, I know you guys have a load of great events planned, particularly I'm very a lot of people that have pets will really love the the, the aspect of dressing our pets up in purple and all the rest that you have going on. So where we have a campaign called Pause for Thought. So before you judge somebody, so you see someone on the street and maybe they're, you know, you know they're in addiction. Before you judge them, pause and take, have a think about what happened to that person in their life that they ended up like that. What, what trauma did they go through? So don't see, don't see the addiction, see the person and see the pain and that, you know what I mean? See them as a human being. So that's what it is. So we're asking people that have been impacted by addiction to put something purple. We're actually making bandanas here. So put something purple on your pet. Take a picture and just post it up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and just tag us in it and tag Pause for Thought and we are constantly you know putting it out on our social media and on our last day of recovery month we're going to have um, we will have like a I suppose a, a, a little of everybody that's put in stuff it's going to be yeah. on it we're going to put it up on social media and uh, I don't know what that's called like a collage kind of like thing yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what it is today. we're <laughs> going to do that we've loads of stuff going on we have guest speakers coming in last week we had uh, Professor Johanna Ivers from Trinity College she's a uh, um, our field of expertise is addiction recovery she was here but we've like today we have we, everybody is we're doing recovery cookery today tomorrow there's a pool competition and we have um, we're having Scotch Hall we have pop-up shop in Scotch Hall tomorrow so we were selling our lavender um, we're selling some of, I'm looking at a box here beside me, bandanas. Lovely. We have for the pets, yeah. ceramic work that we have here that the participants make. We have tea lights. We've loads of little things. We've honey from our bees. Um, Fantastic. I'm trying to think of everything here. I'm trying to show that. Yeah, and I, I, I know you guys have a podcast as well, isn't that right? Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, on, on the last day here, Joe Rooney's coming in. We have podcasts. We're trying to, we're doing some podcasts on people in recovery. And um, we're, uh, hopefully the two Norries are going to be um, next month. We have them on. And we're just trying to put out kind of the, the, the message that recovery is possible mm. and that, um, you know, if you're if you're if you're listening to this today and you're struggling, and you're sitting at home going, you know, uh, I need to do something about you know my my drink or drug use, pick up the phone, ring us, and um, have a chat with somebody. And life, life, you know, a life, you know, an absence, an absence or in recovery. And we, that's another thing we don't push total absence on people here. We talk about a quality of life. Mm. So. The quality of life is maybe you do choose to, you know, I mean, maybe you've been a heroin addict and you've been homeless and you don't have access to children. And when you leave here, you know, you have a roof over your head and maybe you're not doing heroin or methadone, but you allow yourself to have a joint at the weekend and you're happy with that quality of life and you are happy and your friends and your family are happy and you're, you know, you're living a good life. That's all that, um, that we care about. So we just, we always say that we don't push total absence people. And if absence is what people want, that's fantastic. But that we don't... You don't push that for you. We don't push that on people. We're very much a harm reduction approach here. So harm reduction means doing the least harm to yourself, your community and and, um, 
anybody around you. Absolutely. It's fantastic. And uh, the work that you're doing, Joanne, there yourself and the team has to be commended. It really is. Um, the, you mentioned a phone number there. I have the, the reddoorproject.ie. That's the, the website. Do you have the phone number to I hand there? Well, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll Google it here. We'll, we'll find it now in, in the next few minutes I'll, and I'll give that out as well. Joanne, listen for now. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Sinead. Thanks for having us. Thanks a million. Joanne O'Dwyer there. I will get the number for you, but the website is thereddoorproject.ie. 11 to 1 on LMFM.